0: All true histories contain instruction, though in some the treasure may be hard to find, and when found, so trivial in quantity, that the dry, shriveled kernel scarcely compensates for the trouble of cracking the nut. Whether this be the case with my history or not, I am hardly competent to judge. I sometimes think it might prove useful to some, and entertaining to others, but the world may judge for itself. Shielded by my own obscurity, and by the lapse of years, and a few fictitious names, I do not fear to venture, and will candidly lay before the public what I would not disclose to the most intimate friend. My father was a clergyman in the north of England, who was deservedly respected by all who knew him, and in his younger days lived pretty comfortably on the joint income of a small incumbency and a snug little property of his own my mother who married him against the wishes of her friends was a squire's daughter and a woman of spirit in vain it was represented to her that if she became the poor parson's wife she must relinquish her carriage and her lady's maid and all the luxuries and elegancies of affluence which to her were little less than necessaries of life a carriage and a lady's maid were great conveniences but thank heaven She had feet to carry her, and hands to minister to her own necessities. An elegant house and spacious grounds were not to be despised, but she would rather live in a cottage with Richard Gray than in a palace with any other man in the world. Finding arguments of no avail, her father at length told the lovers they might marry if they pleased, but in so doing his daughter would forfeit every fraction of her fortune. He expected this would cool the ardor of both, but he was mistaken. My father knew too well my mother's superior worth not to be sensible that she was a valuable fortune in herself, and if she would but content to embellish his humble hearth he should be happy to take her on any terms, while she, on her part, would rather labor with her own hands than be divided from the man she loved, whose happiness it would be her joy to make and who was already one with her in heart and soul. So her fortune went to swell the purse of a wiser sister, who had married a rich nabob, and she, to the wonder and compassionate regret of all who knew her, went to bury herself in the homely village parsonage among the hills of Blank. And yet, in spite of all this, and in spite of my mother's high spirit and my father's whims, I believe you might search all England through— and failed to find a happier couple of six children my sister mary and myself were the only ones that survived the perils of infancy and early childhood i being the younger by five or six years was always regarded as the child and the pet of the family father mother and sister all combined to spoil me not by foolish indulgence to render me fractious and ungovernable but by ceaseless kindness TO MAKE ME TOO HELPLESS AND DEPENDENT, TOO UNFIT FOR BUFFETING WITH THE CARES AND TURMOILS OF LIFE. MARY AND I WERE BROUGHT UP IN THE STRICTEST SECLUSION. MY MOTHER, BEING AT ONCE HIGHLY ACCOMPLISHED, WELL INFORMED, AND FOND OF ENJOYMENT, TOOK THE WHOLE CHARGE OF OUR EDUCATION ON HERSELF, WITH THE EXCEPTION OF LATIN, WHICH MY FATHER UNDERTOOK TO TEACH US, SO THAT WE NEVER EVEN WENT TO SCHOOL. And as there was no society in the neighborhood, our only intercourse with the world consisted in a stately tea-party now and then, with the principal farmers and tradespeople of the vicinity, just to avoid being stigmatized as too proud to consort with our neighbors, and an annual visit to our paternal grandfathers, where himself, our kind grandmamma, a maiden aunt, and two or three elderly ladies and gentlemen were the only persons we ever saw sometimes our mother would amuse us with stories and anecdotes of her younger days which while they entertained us amazingly frequently awoke in me at least a secret wish to see a little more of the world i thought she must have been very happy but she never seemed to regret past times my father however whose temper was neither tranquil nor cheerful by nature often unduly vexed himself with thinking of the sacrifices his dear wife had made for him and troubled his head with revolving endless schemes for the augmentation of his little fortune for her sake and ours